the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 121. <sighs> you smell that? That is the smell of March Madness in the air. Football might be over, but basketball isn't, college or pro. And with March Madness coming up, Bet Online is the place to go. Head there with your phone or with your home PC. Get your 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. You got to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get that bonus. And it's not just March Madness. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds. It's the best in the business. Sports, your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And now this is where the podcast starts. Damn it. JT has got to push the right buttons there. Wow. The king of the transitions. I am the king of transitions. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. It's 2.01 as we record this, as I push record. And I'm assuming you got off the air at 2? I got off the air at 1.57. Okay. Radio stations locally air spots to the okay. top of the hour. Because okay. if, you don't air, if you don't air commercials and you don't air spots, there is no radio station. Do you know where the word spots comes from? No, I don't. I probably, I'm surprised. Yes. Over the course, back in the day, if you go back in the hot tub time machine to music radio days, when everyone got their music from radio, even on AM. And the disc jockeys, of course, wanted to play lots of music and as few commercials as possible. And the woman would bring in what was called the log. And it had, you know, the old ladies that had those bingo stampers. (laughs) And it would have all the the red dots meant commercials, the black dots meant PSAs. And disc jockeys would look down and say, "Oh my God, look at all these spots!" So spots is you know in inside uh, radio industry lingo for commercials. And radio doesn't exist without commercials. Right. It's we are in the advertising business. We always, when if you want to get out of saying you're on the radio or television or whatever, you can just say. I'm in the advertising business, and it's true. And the fake consultants all want us. You know, the fake consultants yes. who copy everything from Rick Scott 30 years ago. <laughs> they all want to remind everybody now that pretend there are no commercials. Oh, Tease yeah. the head. Trick them into there's no commercials, and they think you're a great radio host. They don't care about the 16 minutes of content you did. They care <laughs> about the 10-second tease because if you don't tease it right, everyone supposedly is going to go away. Nobody's right. going to come back when you have to do 16 minutes of content again. You're never supposed to say when we come back or on the other side you're just supposed to say coming up because then they won't notice commercials if you say coming up rather than after the break or on the other side yeah if you ever say i'm going to commercial break you should get fired (laughs) (laughs) but again i I come from the old school of andrew ashwood and before i come from the school of howard stern yeah i'll never be howard stern but i come from this is a big topic for me in radio and execution of how to do radio right People now who have jobs who have never been on the radio want to tell people their research about how people should sound on the radio. I always just want to hand them the microphone and go, you do this. You, tell me how you do this. <laughs> Half of them would piss down their leg, right? But that's what you have to do. Right. But what's happening now is that you're seeing people. I come from Howard Stern, and if, if you have a really good show, people are going to listen no matter what. They're going to listen at the top of the hour. They're going to listen through the breaks. They're going to listen through the teases because you're so good that people aren't going to turn you off because you mistakenly didn't tease right or tell them what's coming up next. But 
a lot of the younger consultants now and program directors have never hosted radio shows. They have no idea what they're talking about. So what they do is they read out of books or they listen to someone who said something 15 years ago on this topic and they just mimic it. And they yep. just paste it on Twitter, acting like they're the second coming of Wolfman Jack or Walter Cronkite or Howard Stern or the biggest of all time, Rush Limbaugh, the biggest of all time. People didn't run away from Rush or come back to Rush because they got tricked into a commercial. They listened to every second, every minute of his entire radio show because he was outstanding. Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern, born on the same day, by the way, not the same year, but the same day for people into that. astrology. Uh, they both reinvented radio in this way, that they really said, it's about me. Howard pleaded with W and BC got to stop playing these records. People who want to listen to music are listening to AM radio. They want to hear me and Rush Limbaugh. Same thing. No guests. Very few callers with Rush. Rush. Uh, my friend, Bill Lally, former president of NBC, former program director of mine. Also, uh, the, one of the Mr. Snurdly's over the years for uh, Rush Limbaugh got paid six figures to answer phones three times a day and screen calls for rush what was there's so much i wasn't able to say they're both dead now i wonder if i can uh yeah rush didn't there was a there was a lot of criteria for screening out phone calls for rush uh let's put it that way wink wink certain accents wink wink and where where if his listeners knew that they would not be happy about it and uh for three hours a day he got to do that and rush one time newt gingrich called up another time uh, remember Robert Bork, who was a, a jurist and, and a controversial nominee for the Supreme Court, called up to explain something. Both times, Bill had to say, I'm sorry, <laughs> because Rush both times said to Bill, not now. I, I'm on a roll like I'm sounding too good today. I don't want to bore people with Newt Gingrich or <laughs> a guy who's nominated for the Supreme Court. But he was right. They weren't broadcast professionals. He was, and people were listening to hear him. I had a great broadcast day today, one off the radio and one on the radio. Okay. I woke up this morning, and my wife set up uh, an event for me through a girlfriend of hers who was a teacher, a colleague, and I was asked to speak at Cimarron High School, a very big high school in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. a couple of thousand un undergrad kids, and I came into the gymnasium, and spoke in front of a couple of hundred kids who were sports athletes. The athletes were invited to this about my book, The Handoff. Okay. And I gave my whole speech about The Handoff and the history of my mentor and your mentor, Andrew Ashwood. And I gave the speech. And I had to dust off the speech because of COVID. I, haven't, I was giving it a bunch. And I was trying to set up my career as a guest speaker with that. So I had to dust off the speech and go do it again. And I was really happy how it came out because the kids were listening. These were all 17 16, 18 year old kids, mm -hmm. athletes. And when it was done, I was a little bit nervous about the Q&A because I said, I'm not going to get shut out. Someone has to raise their hand. Right. And the kid raised the hand and he started asking questions and another one. And then like oh, that's where the, the avalanche 12 comes. questions. And one of the kids at the end, when I was done, came up to me on the side of the podium and he said, JT, can I call you JT? I said, of course. He goes, how do I get into radio? I said, wow. I go, well, tell me what you're studying here in high school. He said, well, I'm on the basketball team, and I'm an Eng I like English, and I'm not that good at math. And I said, just go live your life. Don't worry about anything now. Finish high school. If you try to go to college, go to college. Meet as many people as you can. Make connections. 
And then someday, if you want to get in radio, I just took out my card and said, call me. I'll show you how to do it. And all you're going to be doing is talking, but you need life experiences with other yeah. people. You have to have a vast right. knowledge or try to have a better knowledge than you have now about life and sports and politics and everything else. So when you're ready to get on the radio and you're ready to be an intern, you'll be ready to do it because you're connected with a lot of people. I got hired because I was good on the radio uh, doing morning drive in Syracuse, New York, straight out of college. The big weenie? No, no, the big weenie was WENY Elmira. That's the, t- that's the station I grew up listening to and eventually worked on. And that was another uh, goal visualization that I was able to check off. And in Syracuse, I thought I was in a big city because it had tall buildings and Syracuse looked big to me at that age of my life. And the number one, I lasted two years doing mornings, had really good ratings 12 plus but not much after that yeah because that's a, it was about my mentality and life experience at that time 12 plus right and i realized that I, I was good behind a microphone and i was good on the radio the problem with hosting a morning show to adults who are driving to work is because I, I was always a guy on the radio or in college i didn't have to live their life after i lived life left Syracuse, came to L.A., opened up a restaurant, did some acting stuff, etc. That gave me what I needed to be better on the radio. Life, experiences, fist fights, you know, managing an apartment building with 19 crazy people in it. Stuff like that gives you real life experience and that that you can't speed up for that kid. He just needs to go out. You gave good advice and live life and then do it. And the other highlight of the day for this podcast, I know I was going to have an exclusive interview with Marcus Allen, one of the greatest football players of all time. And he's going to be the Grand Marshal at the Vegas NASCAR race this Sunday. Whoa. It's a big deal because that track holds one of the largest crowds in all of NASCAR. And he's going to be drivers, start your engine, and he's never done this before. I thought Marcus has done everything, but he hasn't done this. So he's really excited and uh, part of the conversation, we won't give it all to you here, but part of the conversation was I was going through his resume when I was resetting in the podcast here about what he's done. And I went through everything, and it's the most impressive, bleeping oh, list I know. of accomplishments <laughs> ever. It's yeah. All-American. It's Heisman Trophy. And then it's Walter Camp Award. All the awards you win under the Heisman. You know, when they give you the Heisman in your category, if you're a quarterback or running back, you win every award in that category. That yeah, blows all the other ones, all the publicity for all the other ones out of the water. Yeah. And he's the only player ever, ever in the history of leather helmets. Think of this ever 100 years to win the Rookie of the Year, to win the Heisman Trophy, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl MVP the MVP of the league, all of that combined. Wow. And as I was rattling this off, I forgot one of the awards. Here's what he said. We're wrapping it up with Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, very generous with his time, the only player to have won the Heisman Trophy, an NCAA National Championship, the Super Bowl, the NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP, College Football Hall of Famer, what, and Pro what Football Hall always, of Famer. You guys always miss Rookie of the Year. I got it. I, I got to throw no, rookie of the it. year in there. Wow. Yeah. I got it all. Well, you know, you got to say that. You got to say because you only have one year to get that award. You got to get it that year. That's the year you got. You got that's the you year you, you don't want. Yeah. You don't have a sophomore year and get the rookie of the year. Absolutely. So isn't it amazing that as I'm talking <laughs> about this, he reminded me that he won rookie of the year. And then he told me you can't win that in your second year. 
Yeah, right. your ear. And I would say to myself, that's wow. not his ego. That's just a guy who knows his accomplishments. And he wants you to get it right. Well, it was such a charmed, charmed life, at least from the outside, as you read the accomplishments. Also, think about the fact that he won a Super Bowl for his team who played in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. And he won a national championship for his team at USC that played in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. All of his greatest glory days were also and he played some high school games there. He played he played quarterback in high school. Yeah. In, in San Diego, and then when he got he he got brought to USC to play cornerback, and because of injuries at the running back position, they put him in at fullback. Remember, he was right. the fullback right. for Ricky Bell. You're right. Yeah. And then after that, the big part of the question right here, I asked Marcus Allen, "How did you drop to number ten overall in the first round?" Well, I thought I was the best uh, player in the draft. Yet, you know, other teams have obviously needs and, 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 and maybe felt differently and stuff. What, what I didn't understand was, I mean, if you call yourself a scout, you would actually say, okay, this guy's only played uh, running back for really two years. He's going to get better and better. I mean, if, I mean, if you're really good at what you do, you would have, you know, you would have recognized that. And then that um, – I mean, not only I, I was a, I was smart, I was a good athlete, and um, certainly productive. But everybody sort of fell in line with, oh, it's the USC line, is the only reason. And I thought that was kind of crazy, but that's what most people thought. So they thought I would be just an average back, and I knew different. I, I was really in my infancy of of, of, of running back. Right. You know, I mean, people don't understand. You know, some guys have been playing running backs their whole year. I mean, their whole whole life and i i just started playing two years ago and then you hear marcus say that tom and his ego which he's a very lovely human being he just reminded me he thought he was the best player he should have went number one but because he was so young and picked up the position of running back and only played it a couple of years some nfl team said no, not enough experience after he put up those numbers at SC. You know what they were used to, and it was also like with Kobe winning MVPs. What happened over the course of the 60s and 70s is they had Heisman Trophy winner after Heisman Trophy winner at USC. So Mike Garrett and O.J. Simpson and Clarence Davis and Anthony Davis and Ricky Bell came before Marcus Allen. And so they thought, okay, well, that's just USC. That's just USC's offensive line. He doesn't even have that many years as a running back. It's not him. It's the program. And so that's what made him drop, which is all insane. And you can see that year in and year out with the NFL draft, the much overhyped NFL draft year in and year out, where you take a look at the player who was chosen 10th or 20th. You know, like Ben Roethlisberger, people like that, Dan Marino, we can go through the list of Tom Brady and Joe Montana, et cetera. And it's usually the greatest of all time that uh, that end up dropping like a rock on draft day, which brings us back to no one knows what they're doing. And before we transition to what's happening on the other side of the world in the Ukraine, I need to talk about Athletic Greens, our sponsor. One scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, just to start your day right. Tons of people take multivitamins, but you should start with Athletic Greens. Their special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, 
It's also lifestyle-friendly. It's a wide range of diets. Only one gram of sugar, no chemicals, no artificial anything. Reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition from Athletic Greens. Just one scoop and a cup of water and you're done. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's the Believe Radio Network spelled B-L-E-A-V. Athleticgreens.com slash believe. And by the way, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. I love war movies. I love war movies. Yeah, you do. To the point that I'm, I'm infatuated with them. But I don't like to watch war on right. television live. Of course, right. So we've been watching the invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin. And it feels like a war movie. And I pray for the people and the innocents and the people that are losing their lives. Mm. And I say to myself, it's a time thing. You know when the Olympics are on the other side of the world and you can't watch it live? Right. It's on when you're asleep and all that. It's the same thing with this war for us here in this country because we wake up in the morning and it's almost getting dark there. Right. And then if you stay up late, you get to see what's happening in daylight over there. And then you got to try to catch up to it. But it's been horrific watching what's going on there. And the war movies that I liked growing up as a kid, they were World War II movies and World War I movies. Right. And we didn't win in Vietnam. And I love Vietnam movies. And some of them are really graphic. So I wanted to say, as much as I like talking about war movies, I've been very troubled by the television that we've all watched, everyone downloading this podcast over the last week. And I want to know how it affected you. You're in the news business. When you turn on all these channels, what do you think? It's tough to look at. Uh, you know, we've learned that over the course of the phone in the last 20 years, what things looked like before. It was an abstract. It was an abstract when our non-white friends told us what happened when they got pulled over by cops because it was just wasn't our experience. We had to take their word for it, and if they were our friends, we believed them. But not until we saw it with a phone did we realize, ooh, that's what it looks like. That's ugly. And with wars, a lot of times, we saw wars as entertainment, which is another disease of the American people, which is strange about our culture. We also, homicide is entertainment. The Oxygen Network had homicide for the holidays. It was murder mysteries. It's bizarre. So I, I, I think that one thing this brings out with the advent of the phone and being able to watch late at night in bed, I'm watching the war on TikTok. People have live cameras outside their windows, and it's just horrifying. And I'm also inspired by some of the heroes, including... It's not getting enough coverage. I texted my friend Steve Futterman, who's with CBS News. Steve Futterman with CBS News covers all the top stories in the world, whatever he wants to cover. We know him because he likes sports. So he goes to the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, etc. He's in. He's over there. He's covering it. And I said to him, since you're also a sports nut, the mayor of Kiev, which we used to call Kiev, is Vitaly Klitschko, former heavyweight champion who's lived the majority of his life in Los Angeles. And he's an American citizen. We must stay united against Russian aggression. Don't let it happen. United, we're strong. Support Ukraine. And he's standing up in front of microphones and, and, and being brave and fighting with his brother, the other former heavyweight champion, Vladimir Klitschko. And it's inspiring to watch. And they're American citizens. So I love keeping my eye on them and waving the flag for them. 
What's also fascinating from a war perspective is that Russia got bogged, bogged down in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. The point where they came in, the powerful army got bogged down. The Afghans taught, brought them into rough and tumble mountain regions and desert regions, and they just bogged them down to the point where the Russians couldn't handle it anymore and after years retreated. And watching this war, it was fascinating as we record the podcast that there's a 40-mile convoy, a 40-mile convoy coming to one of these Ukrainian cities, and they can't keep it going. Trucks are breaking down, and they're running out of fuel or food, and I'm saying, it's like saving Private Ryan, man. It's like when the Germans were coming in and we were bringing them into these guerrilla ambush towns and fighting door to door, and we had a chance because we were taking that army and we were making that army uncomfortable. Now, Russia has the ability to completely overpower all of Ukraine very quickly, especially with their air support and what they have with everything, especially their air support and what they have off the sea. But I love the way these Ukrainians are fighting and the athletes who are going home, the boxers, Lomachenko, and you mentioned the Klitschko's and the current heavyweight champion of the world. They're not afraid. They're saying, I need to go back. They realize, Tom, if they don't go back, they're looked at as cowards because men who've never picked up a gun in their life are saying to their kids and wives, you get on the buses, you get out of here, you go to Poland, I'm going to stay here and fight. And some of the greatest athletes in the world are doing the same. Right, and you know my opinion on that. I don't think that uh, going with your wife and your kids is cowardly. I think it's the right thing to do. I think the childless should fight in the wars, uh, being a kid that didn't have a dad in the house. Um, I, I Also, what's fascinating about this as well and why they may get bogged down in another way is it was maybe easier for the Russians to think of the Afghans as enemies because they look different and they wore different clothes. Uh, the Ukrainians look just like them, and some of the Ukrainians are of Russian heritage, and they're bringing them out soup when they're hungry and, let, and you, letting them use their cell phones to call their mother. And that's going to wear on them too. They're going to have a hard time shooting people that look just like them, that are giving them soup and letting them call their mother. Zelensky, the president, was an actor, a comedian, mm, yep. who played the president, won the election, and now he's got his sleeves rolled up. There are assassins from Russia trying to break off from the Russian army, the elite Russian assassins trying to take him out now. This was a comedian and an actor who's staying back in Kiev, and he is ready to fight, and he's protected. This whole thing, as I'm watching his background as an actor, a voiceover guy, and now he's put in front of the whole world Tom, what a great job this young man is doing. Amazing. He's showing around the world. You know, and at first my my thought was we've got to get more serious about who we elect, especially we as Americans, and stop electing actors and comedians and TV stars. On the other hand, you know, he's up for the job. Look at him. It's amazing. He's got a lead right now. It's, it's, It's more than knowing about the economic price index, although he held his own on the phone with Trump. Uh, He really did back in the day if you saw those phone calls. And... He really is amazing, inspiring, and that's what they need right now. And the mayor of Kiev, Vitaly Klitschko, is amazing and inspiring. And, and we've got these incredible people who know the camera and the world stage, and both the mayor of Kiev and the president of the country. And that's really important for their culture right now as they try to keep it. 
And I don't want to put you on the spot here, but we have yeah. a very brave podcast. Yes. Brave listeners and subscribers. How does Ukraine win? I mean, there's really, if this was a sporting event, they could be down oh. 50 to nothing. At I have the, the answer. Half. 50 to nothing. They could be blown out at the end of the first quarter, literally as a competition, and the white flag, it's over, as Lampley would say. And they're stopping the fight. They're stopping the fight. The fight has been stopped. That's the end of everything. It's over. We're stopping the fight. How can they possibly win and force the Russians out of Ukraine? They're stopping the fight. They're stopping the fight. The fight has been stopped. And they're stopping the fight. They're stopping the fight. The fight has been stopped. Our famous drop over all the years, years from Jim Lampley was when they stopped the fight between Vitaly Klitschko and Lennox Lewis at Staples Center. Just as we bring it all, it all comes back to Ukraine and Vitaly Klitschko and, and that great country. Here's, here's how it really fizzles out for Russia. And it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous for people who grow up loving war movies. It's the sanctions. They, they, even if they get the country, then they've got nothing. Sanctions are, are, are wonky for people who want immediate results and instant gratification. You can't see sanctions on TikTok. But sanctions are really effective. They're just not sexy to people. You know, politics in America has become like the World Wrestling Federation. We need to see a chair go over a head in politics now. We've lost the art of, uh, of ideas in the marketplace and discussing them like humans. Everything has to be a knockout. But and sanctions can be a knockout, but it's not a chair over a head or a bomb dropping down the chimney of uh, Putin's house. It's the, the really, the sanctions can really squeeze a country dry. And before we move on to what we're watching on television, what we're streaming these days, I want to talk about NordVPN, a new sponsor here on the JT and Looney podcast and with the Believe Radio Network. I had to look up what a VPN is. A VPN is a virus protection network, a virtual protection network. You know, they kind of hide your Internet activity in your location to avoid being tracked so you can freely browse the Internet without worrying about Big brother looking over your shoulder. NordVPN gives you peace of mind. World's best VPN service. Fastest connectivity. Most servers. Next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use your NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal right now. Go to NordVPN.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Use the promo code believe, B-L-E-A-V. And get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN. Get yourself some peace of mind with Nord. I just finished 1883, the prequel to Yellowstone, starring Tim McGraw and his wife, country music legend, Faith Hill. The acting by those two alone was fabulous. I'd give them any award you can give for a series. They were that good. And a newcomer, Isabel May, who played Elsa Dutton, and she's a cross between Bo Derek and jennifer lawrence mm -hmm. and she was fantastic in this and i'm not going to give it away everybody please go watch this if you've watched yellowstone 
you can watch this before Yellowstone. That's what I wish I would have done. I watch Yellowstone first. Which and I how like do we see 1883? Uh, you have to go to Paramount Plus. Okay. To find it, and again, you can find it anywhere and search it. But that's where it is. And I just fell in love with the show, and I knocked it out. We finally finished it, and Sam Elliott had such an amazing role as a former captain. He is so good. And it basically, it was about taking immigrants from Fort Worth, Texas, to Oregon on the trail, the Oregon mm-hmm. Trail. And from oh God, first, I'm going to love that. From the first five miles in 1883, it's the most dangerous thing you've ever ever thought of in your life love this wagons wagons horses you need to herd cattle just to have cattle 200 miles later to eat rations and then the indians and these indians weren't fucking around these were the indians that were ready for the ambush i don't care who you had with you especially if you were immigrants just trying to get to where you wanted to live the rest of your life you had to hit this trail at the right time weather starvation oh my god i'm gonna love oh, it. it was incredible and sam elliott is leading the way he's the guide along with tim mcgraw and i just wanted to say again tim mcgraw if you see him perform as a country music star he's real fit super athlete very fit and he could sing and he could sell out any arena in this country he pulled off this role like one of the all he could have acted with john wayne he could have acted all the way up to all the great actors that we've seen. He was fantastic. I always try to tell young actors who say, wow, I've never done this before, as I you know, do small roles, as you know, here and there, and haven't talked much about it on the podcast. But when people come in, it might be their first acting job. They say, God, I don't know if I belong here. I said, everyone's an actor. We have, uh, every human being on the planet Earth has to do it. People, especially in our culture, everyone's, how you doing? And we could be heartbroken and wrecked that day. But we're going into work and we don't want to bother other people with our problems. So we say, fine, thanks. And we give a big smile. We all have to act. So, and, and Tim McGraw has stage presence. He's been through enough life experience, as you talked about with that kid. So I always am a firm believer that anybody can be an actor if they'd like. Uh, number you two. You would have been great in this, by the way. You would have been fantastic oh, wow. as an actor. As an actor, because you could have been on the wagon trail. You could have been on a horse. We would have trained you to be on a horse. I don't need to be trained have, to be on a horse. But you would have had to grow a really <laughs> big a fucking horse. You would have had a bit. You would have had to grow a really big bushy beard. Ugh. Something that I cannot associate with you. I don't. You couldn't part Ugh. your hair the way it's parted now. You couldn't have. You couldn't have the beautiful color of your hair now. You'd have to have uh. a hat on. You, you couldn't shower for a month. You'd have to have oh. a big, unkept beard. You'd have to be on a horse, and you'd, yeah, be, able, you'd be great at this role. Well, believe it or not, the horse I could do. The other stuff would be the harder part for me. You know, um, Muhammad Ali was on 60 Minutes probably 30 or 40 years ago, and he was standing at an airport, and he missed a plane so he could sign every autograph. It was when he could speak better. And they talked to him about missing the plane because he wanted to sign every autograph and meet every person. He said, it's my God's work. Every human being needs to know what his God's work is. And I was blown away by that. And at that moment of my life, I thought, well, what's my God's work? And one of them is helping immigrants. And I think immigrants, and I've said many times to you on the air, off the air, are pilgrims. I'm always pro-immigrant, whether it's 2021 or 1883. So I will love that movie. People don't realize the journey. It's not a movie. It's a series. Okay, great. I can't wait to see the series. People don't realize the journey. 
that immigrants go through, even the friends and neighbors that I have in L.A., you know, like Vietnam, you know, when we were growing up and somebody was a Vietnam vet, you didn't ask them about it. Uh, If someone goes to prison, you don't ask them about it. If someone's an immigrant coming over the border, you don't ask them about it because all those things have secret trauma that we don't talk about. And I like for people with 1883 to have a series about seeing some of the trauma that they went through then. The trauma is different now, but it's still pretty traumatic to pick up your life and do that. And I can't wait to see that. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Wow. Wow. I gave it a 10 out of 10, 10 bricks. And finally, speaking of journeys, I'm going on a journey. I'm going to take a little break from you, the podcast and radio. <laughs> you know, I'm always that same guy you knew that always congratulates myself for working so Yes, hard. yes, you always do. I have do. to raise my hand. <laughs> the consultants don't want to do a bioepic on me. Right. more hours than anyone in the history of radio. <laughs> and I'm serious, all time. I'm in that window now, so I'm going to go see mom and dad. My journey is not a covered wagon. Oh, hey, <laughs> you have, you've done more hours than Rush Limbaugh already when you think your show is almost never three hours. And a lot of times you work six days a week and sometimes two shows. So you may have done more hours than anybody else, but I digress. Go ahead. Tell me when the write-up comes out. And okay. journey for me is going to be Southwest Airlines from okay. Vegas to, to Naples, Florida. A couple of days, five, six days with mom and dad, playing some golf with dad. And then I'm going to uh, drive over to see Jimmy B, my best friend. Oh, I love Jimmy. I'm going to see him around Jupiter, Florida. Then I'm going to spend a night at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel, the big guitar the Hard Rock over in Florida, and then we're going to drive to Miami and see one of my great fraternity brothers, Mike, who I pledge with, and have a couple of days there. So a nice eight, nine, ten days of going to Florida, getting some sun, some great weather, connecting with the most important people in my life, putting down my phone, good, putting down my microphone, maybe a little Netflix on the side, and recharge the batteries. You're not going to tweet during this vacation yes, about I the am. Yankees or anything, are you? Well, uh, look, we didn't. I, aren't you just happy that we didn't bore everybody on this podcast with the collective bargaining agreement? Oh my God! Yes, you know those. I do not allow those words in my presence. Oh God, please. T tax. The CBT tax. I thought it was CBD, like pot. No, it's the CBT tax that the players couldn't agree to with the owners. We didn't bore everybody with Thank that. God when I worked with you all those years, I had a rule about not using the term collective bargaining agreement. People don't know what it is, and if they do, they don't care. It's too, it's, it's too wonky, as I was using that word earlier, that term earlier. for If, we're t- if we sit here and broke down uh, all the sanctions, it would be too wonky and boring. Same thing with talking about that. Well, what's, one more thing. Do you need a loan? You know, when I took Spirit back to see my relatives... <laughs> You asked me if I needed to borrow money. You're taking Southwest. Oh, I have massive points. I'm A-list okay. preferred. I'm A-list preferred. And the only reason why I'm taking Southwest is okay. because you're now allowed to drink on the flight. Remember? Oh, yes, you can. Two, yes, you can. Remember for yes. two years, they feel like everybody had their mask below their nose. Yep. People were yelled at for not wearing it, and they were all afraid you can't have alcohol. Oh, my God. If we have a cup of vodka on the plane, everybody's going to get COVID. And we take COVID seriously. I'm not making light of it, but the right. point was... The FAA and many airlines said no more alcohol. So I have my coupons. I have everything. I'm ready to go. Two bags, one golf clubs. We'll connect at one small airport when we get there. And then we'll go there. And I love Southwest because, again, they've usually been good to me. As the airline industry in general, 
has been chaos right. over the last couple of years. I just hope on my flight I don't have to tackle someone. Oh, I know. Oh my everybody, God. every flight, every like is... four flights is on the news, and someone's getting tackled and restrained Ugh. by six people because he won't wear a mask or he's upset about something that has to do with something. My mask. The, the Karens on TikToks on flights. Oh my God! It makes my. I can't look at TikTok before I go to bed, and I used to like to do it because it's got funny puppies and stuff. <laughs> but boy, if it, if you get locked to any rabbit hole with people behaving badly on planes, your blood will boil and then you can't sleep. So don't look at TikTok. Now, do you have TikTok yet, JT? You got to get it. I don't have Instagram oh. and I don't have TikTok because I spend too much time on Facebook and Twitter and I want to be productive in the okay. rest of my life. And okay. Not that there's anything wrong but with that. You know, that. you could you just could, you could have Instagram just for John and John's friends. And you and I look at I've got I've got it for Tom or people who knew me as Tommy. And it's just friends, relatives, so I keep it to a small amount. It's a couple hundred people. You and that gets a couple hundred for you too, because we have more friends than most people. You would really enjoy locking everyone out and just in and doing Instagram with your friends and family. Excuse me. Why don't you continue to encourage me to work out and keep my training <laughs> going? Did. Instead of did you just encourage me to start TikToking instead of taking that productive time and getting no, the no. gym and get with a trainer? Well, and be I was healthy? encouraging Instagram and TikTok, but you should also yeah. You, but you can fit. Hey, look, if you put down, if you stopped tweeting for a week, you could run a marathon <laughs> every day. Oh man, you tweet perfect about to, everything. Perfect way to wrap this up, as my dad, my dad's famous saying is, "Count me out." When he doesn't want to do something, he says, <laughs> okay. "Count me out." All right. As of now, with TikTok, you can count me out. Thank you for listening to all thirty-seven minutes and fourteen seconds of the JT and Looney podcast, powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.